What's up, what's up, y'all? Happy Truck and Hustle Tuesdays. We back. Um, Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend and an awesome Monday. Um, But you know, we back. You know what time it is, man. We about to get into this show. Um, Today I interview Ishar Sandu. He's the owner of Easy ELD Solutions. Um, By the name, you could tell it's an ELD company. Um, Ishar is is, is a really interesting guy. Um, He's an entrepreneur. Um, he's, uh, he's been in all, all different parts of the industry from, from actually owning a fleet. Um, he worked for his father's company when he was young. Um, he got into owning his own fleet. Um, he's into freight brokerage. Um, he has a truck driving school and, um, more recently he's doing the ELDs and he also has some software coming up. Um, that's really dope for owner operators that, uh, he's going to tell you more about. So, um, really tap into what this brother's talking about, man. Um, he's from the Punjabi community, and I really think it's important that we, you know, continue to bridge these gaps um, and continue to, you know, get these different perspectives um, and, and just really expand our minds. And, you know, just from an entrepreneurship side, yo, there's so much opportunity out here, so many, so many things that people are doing, you know, um, you know, he, this brother's doing stuff on the software side with, with the ELDs and, and telematics and all types of stuff, man. So I just want to keep on expanding everybody's mind and keep on letting you know that, you know, there's so much things that we could do in this industry and anything is possible. And, you know, I just want to keep on bringing people to, to the platform to, to share the experience, their knowledge and keep on inspiring, and keep on motivating, um, you know, us to keep on, keep on growing. All right. Um, yeah, so we're going to move on. Oh, real quick, I want to give a shout out um, to Kiera, the trucking guru, and um, my man James Powell, Push Weight, Drill Sergeant. Um, man, we working on some big things. Um, y'all may have seen some of the some of the video footage that has come out. Come out. Um, but yeah, man, that's, that's my fam right there. Just wanted to give them a shout out. I just thought about them while I was... Um, recording so shout to them shout to the hustle fam as always love y'all man we growing um yo shout to everybody that hits me in my dm and and tells me they love the show sending me you know uh voice texts and 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 direct messages and all that man i'm loving it man i'm I'm soaking it all up and i'm just gonna keep on trying to make the show better and better for y'all keep on building it and um keep on doing what we do all right so you know um what time it is right Put your ears on, and if you smell something burning, it's only your desire. Let's go. What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley, and welcome to Truckin' Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. It's tunnel vision. <laughs> Don't think about it. Head down. Just keep going. And you'll get there. That's it. Turn my mic up. Take there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on the road to the riches. Life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends become foes and snitches. Better watch who knows in your business. All right, so so we are here with Mr. Ishar Sandu. I, I pronounced that correctly, right? Yeah, bro, that's correct. All right, perfect. And you are in the ELD business, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. ELD and trucking. ELD and trucking. All right, cool. So yeah. um, the, the name of your business is uh, Easy ELD Solutions. Yes, that is correct. Right. And, um, and then you also have a, a, a trucking fleet as well. Uh, yeah, it's more of a, we used to be into trucking as well, but I got out of the trucking side, Okay, uh, made a little mistake there, but um, um, I'm still into the brokerage side. Okay, uh, cool. Brokering uh, for a while um, with a company here uh, in California called OK Produce. Okay. So, you know, they've been, you know, great partners with me for a long time. Got you. All right. So, so, so let's, let's, let's start from the beginning, man. Um, <laughs> ha, ha, how'd you get into, well, well, first of all, t- tell me a little bit about your background. Um, okay. Tell me about, about growing up and um, yeah. we'll get into how you got into this trucking industry. All right. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, so basically I was born in India um, at a very young age, came to the United States, um, went to elementary school in Fresno, 
um, and um, Fowler, went to high school in Fowler. And, um, you know, my dad was into the trucking industry. And at one point, he had, uh, you know, a, you know, nice size fleet, you know, 40, 50 trucks. And, really? Yeah. And at that time, I was just getting out of college. And even when I was in high school, you know, I'd be, uh, you know, working with him. He really had me just kind of working, um, learning how to dispatch at, at like a young age in like ninth, 10th grade, you know, even after school, going in there doing paperwork, yada, yada, yada. So, you know, it was like back in those days, like, you know, 2008, 2007 okay. was done like by fax, you know, right now you're emailing everything. So it was like, you know, filling out these paperwork, like packets, like we set companies up, right? Right. Broker filling everything out with a pen, faxing it back to these people, calling them, seeing if it's set up. So, um, you know, went through all that stuff. And um, then I went to college after my dad, he left the trucking industry. Okay. Issues, so he got out of it. And then at that point, went to college. Um, but, uh, you know, got, I wanted to get back into it. So um, once college was kind of done, I went, in, I went for aviation. Okay. Aviation maintenance tech. So that was like a real, uh, you know, That's pretty cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, aviation is so awesome, dude. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sounds but, like some some pretty difficult stuff, man. Some tough, yeah. some, so a lot, lot, lot of work, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, a lot of, uh, you know, you got to be very detailed and meticulous yeah. and stuff like that. But anywho, uh, with, uh, you know, I wanted to get back into trucking. So after that, I kind of just, you know, started dispatching for somebody and then, um, you know, sold trucks for tech equipment for a little while in uh, Portland, Oregon. Then uh, eventually just started my own, you know, brokerage. I partnered up with um, an old friend uh, of, uh, you know, somebody that I knew here. Okay. And, um, you know, he, you know, he had an, an old brokerage, you can say that just it was inactive. And okay. I had connections because I was, you know, working with my dad at the time and we're running a really decent sized fleet. So, um, you know, we had good customers. We had, you know, you know, uh, customers, uh, international customers like Del Monte, and local customers like, you know, OK Produce. And um, I, we had some really good connections with these people. OK, and that's kind of how, um, you know, I still have my foot in the door. So, you know, I took that opportunity, you know, started the brokerage thing. So that was pretty cool. All right. All right. So so you just now kind of went through a whole lot of information. So let, let, let's 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 kind of rewind a little bit and kind of break it yeah. down. That will kind of bring us bring us back to where we're at today. All right. So you said basically you got into the industry through your father. Your yep. father was in the industry. Um, yep. he, he had a large fleet fleet, about yep. 50 to 60 trucks um, yep. at, at its peak. Um, yep. what, what, what were you guys, um, or what was your father's company? Um, what was the niche? What, what were you guys hauling at that time? What was he doing? So, um, he started a it, company's name was Sandu Transportation, uh, LLC. We, used, we were based in Fowler, California at that time. Okay. And, um, he was running just the I-5 corridor. So going from mainly from like, uh, Lemoore, going up to like Portland, Clackamas, um, Auburn, um, and then picking up like apples and stuff out of Yakima and bringing them back down to Fresno or the LA area. Um, okay. You know, he started off small, obviously. Um, I know for a fact, you know, he, you know, uh, he's told me a couple of times that, you know, he's, he went like bankrupt a couple of times before he actually, you know, got to Sandu Transportation and was able to grow that company to a decent, you know, mid-sized uh, good fleet that operated and made some good money. Now, okay. um, we were hauling produce, um, uh, also some cheese out of Lemoore, um, you know, uh, picking up cheese, going to uh, Portland and stuff like that. Bringing okay. back some frozen foods as well from, I um, uh, can't remember the name of that, Kennewick, Washington. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you, so you guys had reef, reefer trailers. Yeah. We're all reefers. We we're all okay. reefers, specialized in reefers. Uh, did uh, bananas for Del Monte as well out of uh, the port in Wainimi. Okay. In California near Oxnard. Okay. Uh, they're going out to Portland and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, we had some nice connections. Um, and that's kind of, you know, what really had me kind of going like, you know, I got this uh, really cool thing that maybe not a lot of people have their foot in the door like I do with some of these customers. So took that opportunity to kind of get in. And that's what really got me back into the trucking industry. Got you. So what age were you when you started working with your father again? I was in like ninth, 10th grade. Like okay. Ninth grade. So, so, so you were pretty young. Yeah, it was a family business. So it was like, even, and then uh, we lived in uh, Fowler, which is a small town. Sorry small town and um 
uh, fellers of small town. So we used to live in the farms. He had uh, 20 acres of raisins, uh, rent, uh, you can say grapes, that uh, we turned into raisins, you know, during uh, August and this time of the year. But okay. um, I also worked on the farm at a young age. So it was like very like my dad had me because, you know, he came from India at uh, a later at like, you know, 32, 33, 34. And he was all about like work, hard work. You got to do this. You know, he like believed in the American dream. Like he fulfilled it. You know, that's right. the way I think. Right. Because he started from nothing. Right. And, then went, and he's still doing great. I mean, he he's he's actually uh, he does uh, truck sales now, which is a lot easier on him. So but, you know, um, it's it's just uh, it was amazing to see him. And what's that's what really pushed me. I was like, you know, if my dad can do it. Yeah. Like he came to the States at the age of 32 and I've been through school. I've been through college here. So, you know, I really thought that there was a big opportunity for me to kind of step in and try to see what I can do in the trucking industry, but in a different way, right? So that's where I kind of wanted to get into the software side. And that's why I saw the ELD as more of an, as an opportunity rather than something to be like, you know, oh shit, you know, what are we going to do? Because once, you know, I felt like, you know, the FMCSA, once they set some rules, I mean, it's hardly that they're going to change it, right? So For sure. once they make up their mind, it's pretty much, you know, and the end, you know, uh, everyone had their chance, you know, um, associations and, you know, other federations tried to take them to court uh, to stop the ELD mandate, you know, all that stuff was, you know, kind of going down the drain. So that's kind of when I was like, okay, you know, maybe I should want to be on the other side and mm. try to see how I can help the trucking industry, mm. especially the my community. You know, a lot of my community don't know how to speak English and stuff like that. So that was kind of something that, you know, that was in the back of my mind. Got you. Dope. So so you started kind of in entrepreneurship pretty young. Um, yeah. be, you, you were you were working for your father, but you were it was a family business. So you you were an owner. You know what I mean? Even though your yeah. name wasn't on the paperwork just yet, you kind of yeah. ran things as an owner. Did, you, did Have you ever worked for anybody else? Um, so, um, you know, going back to what you're saying about working for my dad, like, uh, you know, realistically, like, yeah, it was his son, but he started me off. Like, I remember like, uh, you know, at a very young age, he gave me this, we used to have this, uh, it was called a blue book. For, okay. Like, okay. Right? Uh, there was like a blue book and a red book for produce companies where there was like numbers for uh, shippers and receivers, you know. So he would just make me sit there and make cold calls for a long time. Mm. He didn't even let me like, you know, look for loads for like a while. <laughs> Right. So, like he put me through it. But, you know, there was a point to where I was like, you know, you know, pretty much there was a time where, you know, I was doing a lot of the work and stuff like that. But. So he was kind of grooming you from the beginning for leadership. Like yeah. he started you at the very bottom. This is the very basic that you have to do in order to be able yeah. to run a business. You, you got to make cold calls. You got to do the hard stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? You yeah. got to get the yeah. phone hung up on you a few times and you got to get that thick skin, you know. Yeah. So so that kind of sets you up for where you're at today. Because obviously in this business, you're probably doing a lot of that same stuff now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's really, I mean, it's really helped me. You know, I think now, I mean, cold calls don't phase me. I can say right. cold calls all day. <laughs> right, and right, right. It was at that one time, it was, you know, when I started off, I was, you know, I was like really young. So, and my voice wasn't developed. So when I would call people, they'd be thinking I was a lady. They'd be like, oh, can you hold on, man? <laughs> Dude, you know, and then uh, <laughs> it was just, <laughs> You that's know, funny that, yeah that's uh that really like you know that really helped me you know kind of um you can say kind of i mean even now i'm still learning i don't yeah. know, like i can say i don't know shit like i fucked up so many times already right 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 right, right. and um you know it's just um you just got to keep going and that's that's kind of what uh, my dad even taught me you know is to because even throughout business you know even when he was doing his thing there was always ups and downs mm. it's a matter of just getting through it and really just you know never you know always trying to see the good side how you can keep going you know never thinking about you know you know all the negative stuff that's always going to be coming at you got you got you nice man all right so so after you spent that time with your father's business mm -hmm. um you said you went to school right yeah went yeah. to college for a little while yeah, um, you said you studied aviation. Yep. Yep. Right. And, and that, that was a passion of yours, but you always yep. wanted to get back into the trucking industry. Yeah. So you, you came back and you started, you know, using some of your old connections. Yep. Right. And you got into brokerage, right? Mm -hmm. So you said there was a, a company that existed, but they weren't really very active. So you kind of came and brought life to that company. So, yep. so tell me about that process, how, how that, how you made that connection with that company that wasn't really active. Tell me about that little transition when you came back 
from school and, and got involved with this company and got the brokerage started up? Yeah, so, um, you know, um, I initially, once I got out of uh, college, um, I started working for somebody else, you know, as a dispatcher for somebody's company. Okay. And, um, I worked there for about a year. Um, after that, um, I went to work for, as a new truck sales um, person at Tech Equipment in Portland, Oregon, which was a really good opportunity for me. But, um, you know, while I was there, I just had that, you know, that itch that you can say that, you know, I wanted to just like do my own thing. Because okay. that was my reason to get back into trucking, right? Right. I wasn't trying to get into it to still be working for somebody else. Right. So, um, so that's kind of what really kicked me. And I left that job after like six months and people were telling me like, like dude, you're crazy, right? That's like a good paying job. <laughs> right. Yeah. They were paying me like, uh, uh, like $2,500 for every truck we were selling and stuff like that. It was, okay. It was, I hope I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you already did <laughs> too late now, but it's all good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but, uh, it was a good paying job. And, uh, but I came back, I was like, you know what? No, came back. Um, and then my, one of my uncles, he owns a trucking company here and he was going to be on vacation for a couple of months. And he just, you know, he was like, Hey, you know, you're here, you're not doing anything. You want to kind of, you know, you know, help me out and kind of jump in for a little bit. And he knows that, you know, he knows me that I can work. So I was like, yeah, okay. You know, he's basically just handed me his trucking company. Okay. Like, here, you know, go ahead and just run it for me for a little bit. And then I was like, all right, no worries. You know, I know like most of the people that he was getting loads from that, like, I know those people. Right. Uh, and I mean, I, I took care of it for about a month and there was, um, the, my, my partner now, he was, uh, he was a friend of his and he was to come there and we were just talking back and forth. And, um, you know, he told me about this company that he had and I told him, you know, I have the opportunity and, you know, just kind of, that's kind of where it just took off. And then uh, once my uncle came back, then, you know, I just, uh, I was like, you know, I'm going to do my own thing and went and, you know, you know, started this brokerage, which was, you know, one of the best things that I've ever done. Okay. Got you. So talk to me about the freight brokerage business, man. Like um, how difficult is it to, to kind of get in, to kind of get started? Um, like t t tell me a little bit about freight brokers. That's yeah. one thing that we haven't really touched on on the show um, yeah. just yet. T talk to me about that. So freight brokerage, to be realistic with you, is pretty tough. And that being said is because companies, when they're, uh, you know, giving loads to brokers, um, it's mostly because they, like, know these salesmen. And, you know, you got to really make a personal connection with your company because, you know, when they're giving freight to a broker, they really got to trust this person because at the end of the day, it's the broker who decides which trucking company picks up that load and that broker is responsible for their 30, 40, $50,000 worth of stuff. Right. And that's the way that the, the, the produce company or whatever shipper receiver customer thinks as it. So, um, I started off with uh, OK Produce and I've tried uh, the first uh, year and a half, I tried really hard to get into a lot of other different companies as a freight broker. Um, and even with some of the connections that I had, uh, getting into it as a trucking company into any other, you know, even some of the bigger customers is much easier than to try to get into as a freight broker because mm. they, you got to like really build a connection with these people. And that's why, you know, um, uh, you know, I came to the understanding is like, why do we sometimes we think, you know, some of these big, big name brokers, why do they have all the loads for Costco? Right. Why do they have all the loads for this company? Like, how do they get these loads? And it's because their salesmen are these people that are really, you know, in close with these, like, like I, uh, I was reaching out to a company, um, um, I don't want to name the company, but it's a big nut grower here in, um, in the Central Valley. Okay. And, you know, and I was never able to reach out to them, but um, um, initially, but um, I found somebody that I knew who turned out was like his far cousin or something. Mm. I spoke to him and, you know, got in and got through and stuff like that. It was like, you know, it's always about like trying to figure out who you can know and what kind of leverage you can use. And even if it's, you know, trying, you know, maybe even giving that guy a little bit of money or, you know, some part of what he's going to be able to provide to you. Cause you know, once a freight brokerage is, it's really easy, you know, if you've been in it for a while, cause you gotta have the connections, even on the trucking side, mm. you know, these companies, these carriers, they're going to, um, it's hard to, um, you know, make good, you know, relationships with good carriers. Obviously there's good brokers and bad brokers and the same thing. There's good trucking companies and bad trucking companies. Right. So, um, you know, 
it's it's it, i guess it's a time thing you got to just take your time with it once you know try to build a relationship with whatever shipper receiver you go to like you know go in there talk to somebody you know ask them what they do you know go you next time you go there talk to them again you know bring them something i mean it's a process mm. it's a relationship it's really it's not even about sales you know it's about building a relationship and then sustaining that relationship Got you, got you. So all relationship based, just like just like most business, man. It's yeah, it's always yeah. about th- those relationships that you build. Yeah, exactly. So so what are some of the um what 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 are some failures that you've had um in 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 your your freight brokering business? What are some mistakes that you made? Okay. Um, early. So, yeah. So definitely, uh, as soon as we opened up the freight brokerage, we were making some uh, you know some decent money, and we took that money and it made I'm big mistake we made was to, uh, I wanted to start a trucking company because that was the obvious move. Okay. Like brokerage companies, start a trucking company. Right. Trucks, move that freight, right? Now you make more money. Right. So um, in that process, in that thinking process, I made the mistake of um, buying used trucks, Mm. uh, which really like, you know, took a re- I took a really heavy hit on the used trucks I bought. Um, bought um, three used trucks within, I think, like a seven or eight month uh, span. And out of those three used trucks, and they were like, uh, you could say like, you know, 60, 50, $60,000 trucks each. Okay. So okay. Like okay-ish, you know. Um, but it just turned out that one of the trucks, uh, we had to do the whole engine. Another one, we had to do the transmission, like out in Texas and stuff like that. So it was pretty, you know, it, it like really hurt me. Um, and then um, I actually, you know, uh, and there was some mismanagement as well. You know, that's obviously always a part of it. And it, it you know, I, 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 when I think back to it, I think back to it as like a learning process, right? Right. And, and the one thing that I think that we really uh, did a good thing was, is that we, um, we shut that company down. Okay. We saw that the truck, we ran it for about a year, year and a, about a year and a half. And I was like, you know, like, cause we were constantly having to pull money out of one company push it into the other company. Gotcha. And what they did was, you know, that creates, you know, bad vibes and, you know, it's not good. It's not a good for your healthy business to try to do that. Mm. And, and so what we had to do was kind of just, you know, cut, you know, cut our losses there. We had all, we had the equipment, so that was something, but, um, but it was, it was an overall, like I can say that was one of the, uh, the, you know, biggest failures you can say that I've just had. And I've learned from that. And I'm still learning from that. And I'm still learning um, from my freight brokerage, you know, because I've had to take out money from there. So, you know, mm. then you run behind on that company now, you know, so it's, it's a process and you got to really learn to um, try and kind of manage, you know, whatever you're doing, especially when you're doing like multiple things, like I got that, I got that. And then at the same time, we also, me, uh, me and my brother, I got him in as a third partner and he was driving, uh, he was a truck driver at the time. Okay. And he had been driving for a few years and I got him in and we started a, a truck school. Oh, okay, nice. So, and that school is still doing good, and we're still running that school. So he takes care of that, and he does all that stuff. So interesting. That's, that that's interesting. What what does it take to start a trucking school? So, um, in California, it's not that hard at all. Um, I was surprised actually when I did my research. Um, you know, right now, um, I think they are this this law is going to change this next year. Okay. But, uh, this year, it was that you don't even have to be certified by the state uh, to be a you know a instructor. You just have to have a CDL license and be able to teach. Okay. You just have to register your school as a business. There's no like special certification for it now. That is changing, and I think that's going to change in 2020, which is good because there's a lot of schools out there that are just like you know anybody just opens up a school and starts teaching. right. They create bad drivers. Right. Which is worse than having no drivers. Right. right? So um, that's always something, but the, I think the law is changing, but as of right now, it's not that hard. And even if the law does change, it's still not that hard, right? You just got to be able to take the time and apply for uh, the instructor test, which you can do through the California government website now. And that can probably go for, you know, the same thing in every other state. So um, it's just a matter of getting the equipment. We bought some decent equipment, you know, you don't have to buy anything brand new. Um, usually some of the trucks that you're going to be driving, they're not going to drive more than, you know, a couple thousand miles a month. Cause you're just, you're only going to go on the road when you're going to take your students on the road to teach them. Other right. than that, 
they're just sitting in your yard moving, you know, a couple hundred feet this way, a couple hundred feet this way. So it's right. not, uh, yeah. So it's, it's, it's something that's good. Um, it's a good business. Um, and you know, and it was something that, uh, me and my brother had kind of wanted to do, uh, for a long time. And, um, so, you know, when we saw the opportunity, I was like, you know, let's just do it now. Cause nice. at the time there was a big driver shortage, even, well, not, now it's kind of coming down, but at that time there was a big yeah, driver shortage, driver shortage. So. Got you. What about insurance? Is, is the insurance, um, is it insurance, insurance costly? Decent. It's not that expensive. I think we're paying about 1200 bucks a month. Okay. But I mean, it's, um, it's not that bad. Okay. All right. Not that bad. I would think with new drivers, you know what I mean? With, with, with student drivers, they try to hike up the insurance a little bit and, and yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely does take an effect, but um, you know, my brother, he has a good record and um, you know, we, we tell them like our equipment doesn't run more than like, I think it's probably like 1, 1,500 miles every month. Gotcha. They take that into consideration too, right? Amount how much time it's going to be spent on the out on the road, and um, I mean, you know, it's it, it's it's pretty good. I mean, I don't know how what it is um, in other states, but and, and then also um, you just got to get like liability insurance, right? You don't have any cargo or anything like that because you're just teaching people. So, got you, got you. All right, so you talked about the driver shortage just now. So I'm just curious, how how do um, the members of, of your community, um, you're, you're Indian, right? How do the members in Punjabi, right? Is that correct? Punjabi. How do the members of your community look at um, the trucking industry as a career path? Um, it's been a very good, um, you know, I, I can say it's been like a blessing for the, you know, Punjabi community, especially for um, some of the Punjabis that have been here since like the early 90s. Okay. Um, a lot of these guys, you know, they didn't know how to speak English and stuff like that. And, um, you know, and they weren't able to get jobs like high paying jobs, because if you don't know English, you can't even, you know, get a decent job. So, right. you know, making driving a truck and making four or $5,000 a month and to be able to provide for your family and save some money, you know, I mean, that was like the American dream. Like when you're back home in India, you know, in Punjab, everybody talks about, you know, going to America or Canada and driving a truck. Right. You know, they see that as, you know, the opportunity. Yeah. You get here and all it is is hard work. Right. You know, you're, not, you're not, you know, you're just driving a truck, which is, you know, it saves you from, um, you know, you're not hurting anybody. You're not doing any of those bad things. You're just, you know, working hard. It's hard work, honest work, you can say. Got so you. That's something that's, you know, really been, um, really been good for our community. And our people, you know, we're honest people. We love working. Um, you know, we've come from a country that, um, you know, there's not as much opportunity there as there is here. So when, like I was recently back in India and I came back about a month ago and, uh, you know, uh, you know, every time I get back and I was just thinking about it, like I came from a place that's like so different from like where I'm at. Like, right. Right. Being in California, I was in San Francisco. I was like, I was like at the airport when I got there. I was like, dude, thank God. You know, <laughs> I'm like in the best city, like one of the best cities in the world, you know. Right. You know, it can't be, but can't get better than that. And you really appreciate that when you go to like a country like that or see some, you know, something like that. It's like, you know, I we have the opportunity and if we don't take that opportunity, you know. So. Most, most definitely. Are, are there any opportunities that are like provided by the government, like any set-asides or anything like that that, that, that are afforded to you guys coming no, from the Punjabi community? No? No, nothing like that. Um, just a regular like, you know, WIC and stuff. Um, yeah. Families if you're trying to look for something like that. But nothing like especially for like the Punjabi or the Sikh community. Right. Um, like that. So. Got you. Got you. Okay, cool. All right. So let's jump into the current business. Um, yeah. Easy ELD solutions. Yes. Right. So, so talk to me. What made you jump into the ELD business, man? Oh man, that was one of the best decisions I've ever made. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. Talk to me about it, man. It was. Um, first, first, what what sparked your interest in it? I mean, aside from the fact that it's 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 obviously going to be a need based business because with with the mandate now, everybody needs to have an ELD. But did you start the business prior to the mandate or did you start it around the time when the man, when that's, that talk started coming around? I started really thinking about it uh, early 2017. Okay. Like April when, um, you know, especially people in like my community who were like, I mean, you know, a lot of these guys, 
um, you know, it's hard for, you know, they're, they know how to use like Facebook and all this stuff, but now you're talking about a logbook, right? To be able to use that and on a phone or a tablet, you know, I was, I was hearing a lot of chatter and, you know, really thinking about, you know, what I can do. Cause you know, I've, uh, you know, I'm really, um, you know, I'm really connected to my community, um, you know, and where I'm from, but also at the same time, you know, I'm an American, you know, I've been here in the States, right. for, you know, most of my conscience life, I can say, right. Right, right, right. I remember like, you know, being in India now. Um, so it's, you know, I was really thinking like, like, you know, I got these two separate uh, holes, I can say, like, I'm fully, I know everything about the US and what we can do and the laws and, you know, what we need to do. And at the other side, you know, I'm really connected to my community and I want to be able to help them. So I saw that as also uh, both as an opportunity to help people and as an opportunity to make some money at the same time. Gotcha. So that's what really sparked my interest. And I started looking into, you know, how to create softwares and what it is and what really goes into it and what the ELD mandate really is. And, um, you know, when we initially started looking at it, it would, you know, the, um, um, the packet, like their whole FMCSA's docket book is like this fast, like 200 plus pages. Okay. Uh, and me and my friend, uh, Parnbeer, he's me and him, we're, um, you know, we're the ones that was kind of like, he, cause he's a lawyer. Yeah. So, you know, he was, uh, me and him, we were just, you know, chopping it up and we kind of, I would kind of, you know, throw this idea at him and he was like, you know, that's something that we can probably look into. And then, uh, we really did our research and kind of like really sat down and tried to figure out how we can make this or, you know, connect with somebody who can get this done for us. Got you. With doing our due diligence, we found out that it was going to be impossible to make our own stuff by the time that the deadline was going to come through. Gotcha. So at that time, it came to a point where we we're like, all right, you know what? There's, you know, we can't do it. So let the idea pass for about a month and a half, two months. And then I started thinking about like, I was like, no, you know, there's got to be another way. So I went back to doing some research and I started looking for companies that were looking for resellers, you okay. know. And that's when I came across, uh, you know, a company called Vistrax. Okay. Uh, and they're, they're the company that we partnered up with. Okay. Now, there are a few other companies out there that, you know, allow you to partner with them. But Vistrax has been around for, I think, like 30 years. And, and um, they had some prior experience with GPS and some really good knowledge and um, really good team. Um, so we decided to partner with them. And, um, you know, we became one of we're one of their top 10 resellers right now okay. uh, yes but um it's uh, it's been really good uh they've been really good and then at the same time what uh what we decided to do was to um open up a um a 24 7 technical support center mm. back home in india mm. because, you know um 90 of my customers 90 95 of my customers were all from my community okay when we opened up um, shop uh, late 2017 in December like we didn't sell any devices in October we sold like 50 in November and then we sold like you know 1500 in December and okay. then it was like on wow from there. wow it was like wow. it was like crazy it was like you know, wow people were like you know you know they need it they need it and then we had the service that we were providing which was a really big and it's still one of the biggest things that really brings customers to us is uh you know the 24 hours a day service gotcha. and you can call in at any time and you know it's both in english and in punjabi it is based in india and it's based in my hometown in in in, in punjab okay uh, but the people that we've hired like you know i've we've hired some really educated people people that know how to speak English and can speak our language. Mm. So, you know, and it's a plus plus, you know, I never would have been able to hire such a great team here, you know, with the amount of money that I was able to be able to spend. Of course, you can get great people here in the States as well. But again, it's about like how much money do you have to play with, right? Mm -hmm. So I wanted to be able to provide that A1 service. So, you know, we decided to, you know, do what we had to do and open up that technical support center back home. But Got yeah, you. Okay, cool. It sounds really, really interesting and really exciting, man. So talk to me about the, the business model when you get somebody set up with, with, with your ELDs. Yeah. How, what, how does the whole process work for someone who's interested? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, whoever, um, you know, if let's say if you were a customer, 
Um, I basically send you an order form and it's just information about your company, some information on your truck. Um, you email that back to me and what we do is we create your account and we send you a welcome email. Now at the same time, you're gonna also need um, the hardware. Now, um, the hardware, uh, we will mail it out to you. Uh, we can overnight it, you know, regular shipping, whatever, you know, we can work out whatever works for you. Um, and then once you get that hardware, you can, you know, we have instruction videos on YouTube that show you how to, you know, hook it up and do all that stuff. Uh, also have instruction manuals that we send to you. So um, you, it's very easy to hook up, plug and play, you know, it's kind of similar to all the other ELDs out there. Okay. So, you know, um, what I tell most of my customers, like an ELD or an AOBRD, um, it, you know, and compared to a different AOBRD, they work, you know, exactly the same. The ELD is going to work like an ELD. Right. It may have some user interface differences. It may look different. It may feel different, but it's going to act the same way. And, sure. um, and I feel like what, um, you know, I try to really focus on is the customer service. Like I want, you know, my, you know, my carriers, my owner operators, you know, it doesn't matter who it is, but I want them to be able to feel like, you know, that, Hey, you know, if ever I need somebody, you know, I can call these people and they'll, you know, help me out honestly and, you know, to the best of their ability. So that's kind of what, you know, I really push forward now, um, pricing wise, um, the ELD, uh, we charge $20 a month, and that includes, uh, you know, simple GPS tracking, that includes IFTA mileage calculation, that includes documentation to where you can document, you know, you can take pictures of your fuel receipts, uh, your lumpy receipt, your BOLs, whatever, and you'll save it within the ELD. And okay. Then print it out, you know, and you, you can print it out whenever you want to. And, and the system saves all of your information for six months, which is required by the FMCSA. Correct. So, I mean, yeah, man, that's it. And um, the hardware, the hardware costs a hundred dollars and that's a one-time fee. You, you buy it, it's yours. Um, and then, and, you know, that's it. Got you. Got you. Nice. Nice. So let me ask you a question. How do you think, I mean, obviously you're pro ELD cause you're in the ELD business, right? But how do you think um, this ELD mandate will affect the industry overall? Just in your professional opinion, because, you know, in, yeah. in this industry, guys used to do yeah, what yeah. they have to do. Yeah. How do you think this mandate will affect the industry? So I can, if, you know, I, I feel like we can take it a little bit back to um, like 2017, right? Uh, in 2017, I was also, I had a trucking company. And the rates were, you know, they were okay, but they were pretty, you know, crappy um, in late 2017. As soon as the ELD mandate hit, right, that initial December, I think it was 17 or 18 in 2017 when the ELD mandate really hit, that's when, um, you know, everybody thought that the ELD mandate was going to, you know, raise rates um, because, you know, you know, the ELDs really, you know, people are going to stop. They're going to have to actually follow the rules. Correct. But what ended up, was a majority of the trucking industry, you know, bought, you know, the older system prior to um, the, uh, the date, which is the AOBRD system. Now that system, um, you know, works a little bit differently and allows a little bit flexibility, uh, unlike the you know, ELD. A lot of a lot of the a lot of our customers, a majority of our customers, got onto the AOBRD system before the ELD mandate date. Now, okay. what that did was now what happened was the rates did go up and they like went through the roof. I don't know if you remember um, at that time, but the rates were really high. Like we were getting paid, picking up out of Oxnard, going to Portland, they were paying like five thousand, fifty five hundred dollars. Right? It was like insane. Right. And um, what it was was I what I saw you know, especially being in the ELD industry was a lot of the people that were coming in to buy, they were just coming in to buy to fulfill the mandate. Right. They, they weren't really they, using the ELDs correctly. There you go. What right. they were they still running hot. <laughs> still going in hot. Yeah. They're not using the ELDs or a lot of these guys. And it was, you know, usually it's slow at that time. What they were, they were like, you know what? I'd rather not take the risk, especially, um, you know, in, in, um, in, 
in my community, I saw that, that a lot of people were like, you know, that were not familiar with the technology or the way it works, were like, you know, I don't want to take the risk of getting fined. I'd rather wait a month, you know, I'll sit and park my truck right. and I'll wait and I'll see, you know, I can make a payment, you know, it's not a big deal. Right. So a lot of these guys wanted to wait it out. Um, and I, and what I ended up happening was, if you remember, um, all throughout 2018 and like, you know, June, July, August, you know, the tide started turning. Once everybody started figuring out, oh, you know, these AOBRDs are not all that bad, right? You can, you know, you can still run your truck and still get home, you know, and still do your thing. And people, um, you know, they started coming back. And I saw a lot of people, uh, a lot of our customers getting back into it in like March, April, May, June, July, all the way through like September. And that's when, you know, we were, you know, the trucking industry started to tank again. And that's was because now there was an influx of trucks. And what I think really happened was um, some of the mid-sized carriers, companies that had 20, 30 trucks, when those rates went up after the ELD mandate, a lot of those companies started buying new trucks. They were like, oh shit, rates are through the roof. Right. Let me get another three trucks, right? Right, right. If this is going on per year. This is going to be great for me. Now, what ended up happening was they picked up all kinds of new trucks. There was an influx of those trucks. And then all those, you know, owner operators that were sitting decided to, you know what, let's get back into the game now. Because, you know, they figured out it's not that big of a deal. And when they got back in, now there's a bigger influx of trucks. Mm. Now, you know, now Supply you're- Supply and demand now supply and demand and that's why we're sitting there and like oh shit what happened right um, you know there's a few meetings that i went to here that happened within our community and that was you know a, a big discussion um was like you know we got to stop buying trucks because you know i mean once you once you pass like 10 trucks you know the bank will just start giving you loans like they're, right. they're just like you know on zero down here you go how many you want right you right want right right three. so it's it was like, you know, you guys got to calm down, you know, try to read the industry in the long term to mm. kind of figure out to sustain business. And that's why we've seen so many trucking companies go out of business, right? Mm, right. Been one of the Trying worst. to grow too fast. Yep. And, and, and it happened, it started happening in, uh, you know, 2018 and we're seeing the effect of it in 2019. Now, I think my prediction for the near future is that the hard ELD mandate the date that's coming up now in December 16, 2019, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. everyone that's running on the AOBRD system, which has been allowed them some flexibility, um, which allows them to edit some of their logs books and stuff like that. So right, right, right. that system has allowed some of that flexibility. Now, once everyone's going to have to come onto the real ELDs, that's when you're going to really see the crunch of, you know, the industry, because you're really not going to be able to get really you know, trucks, because now they're going to have to go buy that, you know, that rule. Now, um, we'll see what happens. But my feeling is after the ELD mandate date, that within the next, like, you know, this next 2020 should be good for us. Mm. That's, I think 2020 should be good for us. There's been a lot of companies that have shut down. But, um, you know, and from what I'm hearing um, throughout the industry, I'm, I'm seeing that 2020 should be good for us. But we'll see how it goes, man. You just got to keep going. That's right. the main thing. Keep, keep, keep pushing. Thing. Now you said, you said something interesting that kind of stuck out to me just now. You said you had a meeting mm -hmm. in, in your community mm -hmm. um, kind of about the ELD mandate and how it was going to impact you. Was that something you did? Was that a business meeting or was that kind of like a community meeting where all the, 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 the Punjabi people or, or in your community, did you guys, you guys get together often and kind of talk trucking and, 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 and strategize? Is that, is that something that you guys do? Um, you know, right now, that meeting that we had, uh, there's a group called NAPTA. Okay. That's um, starting to get active here in Fres in California. Um, and they're the North American uh, Punjabi Trucking Association. Okay, cool. And, um, you know, some of it was them trying to reach out. A lot of it was because, you know, the, the trucking industry is, is, you know, I think it's tight knit. Everyone, if you're like, you know, you know people, then you know everybody, right? That's, right, that's right. That's the way I think it is. Um, and I feel like um, the Punjabi community is also the same. And we're being even smaller portion of the trucking community. We felt, you know, I, and that's something that I was really surprised. And I was happy, surprised and happy that, you know, people decided to get together and really talk about something that was affecting people. Yeah. One of the biggest things that was uh, happening was the rates for drivers, right? 60 cents, 65 cents a mile. Like that's like through the roof. Yeah. And, 
and once um, you know once the market started slowing down drivers still wanted those 60 65 cents a mile and stuff like that so that's kind of you know that was one of the bigger issues that everyone brought up and that's when a lot of companies you know they've decided you know what guys we need to cut the rates for the drivers and now they've brought them down to i think 45 50 cents mm. um you know sell those in teams but um yeah i mean it was it was something really good that happened and i think um i think you know in the near future i think um the community is getting you know better at getting together um you know we also have you know like whatsapp groups and stuff like that that you know we communicate through and so i mean it's, i think it's really cool you know technology we're taking advantage of it you know we're trying to do what we can to you know get through especially this year um it's been really tough for everybody you know, mm. you know? got you got you yeah. Man, you, you you have a lot of a lot of interesting knowledge and a lot of little different things that you do. It's it's, it's pretty yeah, man. cool, man. A lot of lot of lot of things that you're into. So, um, what? So you're working on the the ELD stuff now. What what's next for you? What do you see yourself doing in the next ten years? Well, uh, along with the ELD right now, um, you know, not even I can tell you what we're doing here next year. Right Talk now, to me. Talk to me. What we're doing is I've been working on another software. Like, you know, as you know, I've, as I told you guys, the ELD is we partnered with the company. Right. And they provide that service. And, you know, we provide it through them. Okay. Now, um, well, another thing that we're doing is we're developing our own, um, you know, telematic software and we're taking the approach of the owner operator and the, you know, small fleet owners, which is the majority of the trucking industry. And I really wanted to, you know, create something that helps, um, you know, owner operators and, um, you know, company owners. Uh, anybody from, you know, one to, you know, how many ever trucks you have, but what it's going to be is, you know, everything telematics, everything that's good, you know, along with GPS, routing, um, maintenance, keeping track of your maintenance and being able to schedule your maintenance, like, um, uh, and then automatic ETAs to where, uh, you know, you can automatically send out ETAs to your customers, emails and mm. stuff. So a lot of cool stuff that we're doing. Um, it, it's going to be coming into testing for us in December. Okay. We're going to planning to release it the second quarter of uh, 2020. Now, um, um, we've, I've, we've been working on this for quite a while now. And, you know, it's been almost, it's been over a year now. Okay. That, you know, we've, we've been working on this software, but it's, you know, usually it's not, you know, I'm told it's not supposed to take this much time, but, you know, I've never, I had never built anything like this. So it was right. like a, a big learning process. Gotcha. And, you know, that was something that's really, you know, helped me because it's been like, you know, I, I've actually, the application that I'm building right now, I've already made that application once. Okay. Right? whole system i've already made it once but you know it turned out that it wasn't up to par to the standard that we need to be able to launch here in the states mm. so now i'm doing it all over again which is you know and that you know that's you know it it it, it turns heads too you know right and people tell me right there's all kinds of stuff like you know it's been a long time you know what you're doing yada, yada, yada. <laughs> right, right, right. it's um you know a lot of my customers that i've been telling them like hey you know i'm building this application they're like you know it's been a year you know what's going on so right but it was it's a long process but it's uh it's finally pulling through and that's one of the things that i'm really excited about and that's something that i'm hoping will be able to take us to the next level and be able to provide you know all of these services not just you know eld but GPS tracking, uh, you know, being able to see how much fuel your truck has, you know, if you got multiple trucks, you want to monitor your engine, you want to, you know, keep track of your maintenance. Right now, people are doing that like on books or like Excel sheets and stuff. Yeah. Like so it's like, you know, why not have something that's like an application in, in your phone that you're able to do all this stuff and make it really easy on the go, right? You're getting your oil changed. Okay. You're standing there. Okay. I just did my oil change. Remind me in 20,000 miles. Done. It sends you a notification, you know, you want to change your oil after 20,000 miles, it'll send you a notification. So, you know, small things like that, that I think will, you know, benefit like the owner operators and, you know, smaller trucking company. That's what I'm really into. Yeah. I mean, that, that sounds super cool, man. That's like next level stuff right there. I, I, I like that. I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah. 
That's super cool. What what type of what type of money goes into creating that type of software? I mean, you don't got to be too specific, but I'm just um, like, give me roundabout. Like, it, like what, what type of what goes into that? It's um, it's really it's really been um, it's been pretty crazy because if I were to do it here, everything in the states. So the way I thought about it was like, all right, you know, in order to create an application or do something in the software side, you know. Um, it's it costs you anywhere from like seventy to like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Okay, right? about two hundred thousand dollars takes about a year. You hire engineers, you do this, you do that. Now, with the way I thought about it was, I was like, all right, you know, you look at Facebook, you look at all these companies, all of these companies, like who are they hiring? They're hiring people from India. Mm, right. right. Like, these guys are hiring people that have studied in India, and they've they have worked in India and have some sort of uh, education and experience there. And then they hire them, bring them here to the States and have them work for us. Right. Mm. Bring them big dollars. Now, if I were to hire the same people here, I would have to pay, you know, that money or near about that money or somewhere close to that money. So what I did was I took that same concept and I was like, all right, I'll just go. Cause I'm fortunate that I'm from there. And I was able to go back and, you know, I was, uh, you know, in 2018, I made like four trips, back home just trying to you know build a team and figure out you know how to do this and what i needed to do um but i mean it's been it's been uh, a big learning process and it's um it's i think somewhere it's going to be ending up under a hundred thousand dollars for us though okay nice another question back to the elds real quick because i just thought about this Mm -hmm. how do you how do you compete with like the the keep truckings of Mm -hmm. the world like you know because they're obviously like the big guys out there. Like what's your approach to compete with them? So, um, yeah, dude, Samsara, keep trucking. Yeah. We tracks all these guys. Right. Um, so basically, um, what I do is I don't think about them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And okay. I think of them as my competition. Um, they're just somebody else in the market. They have a hundred million dollars in investment, but mm. I have the experience that they don't have. Mm. And I, you know, I'm hoping to beat them one day, but I mean, I'm, I really don't, I don't even, it don't even phase me, you know, I just right. do my thing. And I think that's what's important. And I think that's what a lot of people get caught up in too, right? Is like, oh shit, there's already companies that have a hundred million dollars in investment. They got like a billion dollars in investment. Right. Like, phase me, right. It, I, it don't, I don't care. They can nice. get another billion. Like, <laughs> I don't, like, I, I, love it. I, love I, it. Wouldn't, I wouldn't even know what to do with it. Right. I wouldn't know what to do with it. But, um, so that's kind of what, that's my thinking. I'm like, you know, it's, it just really doesn't matter because, you know, it's not about the money. It's about how you treat your customers and what you do. And they're a great company. I'm not saying anything bad about, you know, keep trucking or Samsara. I think they have great products and I think they're a great company and I think they're going to do really good, which is awesome. I mean, there's a lot of customers around to go. I'm not, you know, obviously I want to do good and I want to be the best, but, I'm not going to keep thinking about them, you know, because then I would be just starting, you know, that would be bad. If you right. just keep thinking about your competition, I mean, there's no way I'm going to be trying to, you know, I can't compete with what they're doing. So I keep, I keep thinking that they're doing something else. Like I'm doing something else. My, my customer base is the niche. I'm trying to go after this owner operator, this, you know, this, this truck driver that I feel like these guys can't get mm. to. They, they get to, bigger trucking companies right 50 trucks 100 trucks 200 trucks 1000 trucks right i want to get to the smaller guys right i want to get to the owner operators and i want to get to the small fleets and that's what i really want to do and that's why you know um i went back and that's why i'm building that you know other platform is to really try to i'm catering it directly towards owner operators because mm-hmm. you know i think that's the those are the you know that that's the sector in the industry that hasn't been paid attention to right Everyone wants to, you know, have JB Hunt as their customer, but nobody wants, you know, ABC Trucking, right? Right, 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 right. Trucking because they're just one, or they're just right. When you get into like, you know, companies that do sales, you know, a big level, they're always thinking about okay, hundred trucks, two hundred trucks, because that's, you know, that's their goal. But that's my goal is a little bit different. So that's that's kind of the way I think. Nice. I, I like that approach, man. Don't think about it, man. Just yeah, just it, keep keep that tunnel vision, right? Just keep it, on going. It's tunnel vision. <laughs> Don't think about it. Head down. Just keep going and you'll get there. That's it. That's no all doubt. No, no doubt. All right, man. So 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 listen, I, I want to start wrapping up the show. You've given a ton of value, man. You, you do so much. 
and, I, and I'm so glad we had this conversation. I mean, we could talk about so many different things with you from the freight brokerage to the trucking yeah. school um, yeah. to, to the ELD. I mean, that, that's really awesome, man. You're doing a lot and congratulations on all your success so far. And I wish you a lot of success in the future. Um, you know, I, I just want you to kind of wrap things up. I always ask my guests to give a final thought kind of like a little motivational thought, you know, to everybody out there listening to somebody who maybe wants to start a software company in trucking or somebody who wants to start a trucking company. What, what, what advice do you give them as an entrepreneur, somebody who's tried and true and has been doing it for so long and has been successful? What, what do you give them? And then also let's finish up with just letting everybody know how to contact you directly about getting um, the ELDs if they want to set up an account with you and moving forward and how to connect with you directly, um, you know, through social media or whatever. So, Talk to me. So first of all, uh, I'm not, I don't, I don't see myself self as successful. There's like, you know, success is like, so, uh, you know, you got to put it, I think I put it on a very high pedestal and I'm still getting there, but some advice that I can give to somebody that's trying to get started is to, I think the best way to start something is start from the back, right? Reverse engineer, whatever you want to do. So let's say if you want to start a trucking company, right? think about it, right? You want to, you first, you have to, okay, you want to start a trucking company. What's the first thing you're probably going to need is a CDL, right? Then work backwards from there. You need a truck. How do you get a truck? Then you need a company. How do you open up that company? What do you, what are the procedures? You know? So, I mean, I think if you kind of just work backwards to uh, whatever you want to do or whatever your problem may be, um, that always helps me come to a satisfying solution. So that's my final thought. Re re reverse engineering. Start start at your at start at the end and 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 take it back to the beginning. And work with it like 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 I didn't know anything about software, so the first thing I was thinking about, all right, it's a software. Now let's start with what is it made out of? How was it made? What is it? What are these people? What do they do? What kind of degrees do they need to have? Like right. Just do your research, right? Just start from the bottom, start from the back. That's the way I think of it. Start from the back, reverse engineer whatever you want to do, and then you will come up with the best version of what you want. No doubt. And you had no prior software experience. And here you are, no, ELDs, no, telematics, all of this Hang crazy on. stuff. I mean, it's crazy, man. Oh, like, what, what, whatever your mind can believe you can achieve, man. You just put your mind to it and you figured it out. Yeah. That, that, yep. oh, that's it. It's, I mean, the research is out there. All you got to do is just get on Google, you know, just do your research, read some books, um, you know, read books by people who have succeeded, some people who have failed. Usually, you know, it, reading books is really good. And that's kind of will give you the knowledge that you're going to need and, and the motivation too. Because when you read these books by some of these people that have done it, and they'll tell you, I failed this many times, that's you're like, oh, shit, I've only failed twice. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Give, give us a book suggestion. Um, um, I've recently been reading a book. I'm, actually, I'm going to give you guys the exact title of it. Okay, cool. Hold on one second. It's been a really good book, man, to be honest with you. And I can't remember the name, but I want to tell you guys. It's called The Hard Thing About Hard Things. And okay. it's by Ben Horwitz. Um, this is the guy who's, he's, he's like a tech magnet. He's one of the most well-known guys in the software industry. And he talks about um, being in um, Netscape and during the .NET era, .com era and all that stuff back from 1994 and how they started as a software company and how they started, grew as a business. I mean, it's just some great stuff in there that I think everyone should read. I mean, it's a great book. The Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben Horwitz. There you go. I'll I, I definitely add it to my, to my reading list yeah. for sure. I, 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 I'm a reader, so I definitely, you know, I, I always like to get book suggestions and just, you know, I get to them eventually when I can, man. You know, so many great books out there. Um, but yeah, so let, let's, fin let's finish up. Um, tell us where we can um, contact you about yep. um, getting the ELDs and then connect with you um, on social media. Yeah, so um, you can reach us on our Facebook page, uh, just EZ, E as in Edwards, E as in Zebra, ELD Solutions. Uh, we're based out of Fresno, California. You can also give us a call at 1-800-556-7105, extension 2, will bring you right to me. So that will ring on my cell phone. That's what was ringing earlier. Sorry about that, man. <laughs> no uh, problem at all. 
But, um, but other than that, man, thank you for giving me the opportunity to come on your show. You know, um, I've been wanting to do something like this for a long time. And um, I'm glad that I reached out to you and I appreciate the opportunity. No problem at all, man. It was a pleasure having you. Like I said, you were a, a, a big ball of knowledge. So we appreciate the value. Um, you know, on this show, it's all about each one, teach one and, 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 and you know, spreading the wealth, man, you know, educating each other, you know. So, so thank you so much for, for giving your time tonight. All right, man. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. You have a uh, great rest of your day. All right, Ishard. Thank you and much continued success, my brother. Thank you, brother. Talk to you soon. All right. Take care. If you like what you heard, it's only going to get better. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a comment. Let us know what you want to learn or hear more about. Till next time, love is love. Truck and hustle.